Full 10 Yards Podcast. Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the Full 10 Yards Podcast where every yard counts. Britball pod for you today and after a massive result in the NFC 1 North on Sunday between the Northumberland Vikings uh, travelling to the East Kilbride Pirates, I thought it'd be good to get the thoughts of head coach of the Vikings after their gritty win. Uh, so we welcome in head coach Kevin O'Regan. Kevin, welcome you in. Hi Tim, thanks for having me. How's the feelings after uh, the big win on Sunday? Yeah, the, t- the team are feeling good. Um, you know, the we, we've played well all season, um, although we haven't really touched on our full potential yet. Right. I don't think. Um, but yeah, Sunday's game was a, was a big one. Um, we knew we needed to go there, win by more than three points um, in order to be in with a chance of retaining our divisional title. Mm. And uh, we went there and got the job done. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for the fourth quarter was uh, certainly edge of the seat stuff. Uh, from and as luck obviously, everyone got to watch it on the on the, the people that are, that did on the uh, live uh, live stream there. So uh, everyone yeah. obviously got to see kind of the Britball product at, at its best. But we'll get to the game uh, very shortly, indeed. But I, th- I thought we'd just dial it back a little bit and just talk about yourself uh, and and the team in general. So a bit, a bit, bit about you, Kevin. How, how did you get into American football and, and, and uh, head coach? Yeah, so how I got into American football, um, I saw some guys playing in, in a local park near me, um, and that team turned out to be the DC presidents who are no longer in the league anymore. Um, but I basically, I joined those guys, um, played two seasons there, and then the Northumberland Vikings, or Newcastle Vikings as they were, were kind of born out of a, a split that happened at DC presidents. Right. Um and yeah, so I, I was a player, I was a linebacker, a, a D lineman. Um, I stopped playing in 2016 um, and I took up coaching. I, I've, I've been part of Coach Rooney's staff at Durham University since then. Um, and in 2018, um, when the Vikings were looking for a, for a head coach to come in, um, yeah, I, I answered the call. I was honoured to be asked and... A lot of the guys on the team, um, you know, were, were former teammates of mine and got a lot of love for the guys and a lot of love for the management team. So it seemed like a good opportunity for me and, you know, the, they needed a guy. So I kind of stepped up to fill the fill the void. Uh, did, did you find that obviously because you knew quite a lot of the players and did that help your transition into being head coach a bit a bit easier than maybe some other people may have found may have found before? Um, I mean, it it depends on how you want to look at it. It, it can be a help or it can be a hindrance yeah. depending on depending on the depend on the guy and depend on the attitude. But our guys our guys have got a really good attitude and you know when um, when I was announced it was it was kind of a surprise because when when the Vikings parted ways with the former head coach um, Coach Rooney and I were asked to step in and just steady the ship until they found a guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Mick Tyler, who was the chairman at the time, uh, obviously who heads up UK AFL now, he kind of saw what we were doing um, and, and, and offered it to, offered it to myself. Mm-hmm. And Coach Rooney was my, was my OC last year. He helped support me and he's been a good mentor to me. And, you know, he suggested that, um, you know, that's an opportunity I could, I could run with and, Thankfully, Mick gave me the job, and and here I am, two years later. Yeah, so is there anything in the in those two years that's caught you by surprise as the head coach of the Vikings? Uh, every game's a challenge. Um, every every practice session, you know, I mean, we're we're, a, we're an amateur team, and you know, guys have jobs, guys have a life, and yeah. 
the the difference between you know the contact time you get at university with the students versus what you get in the adult game was a bit of an adjustment for me. Um, you know, we, we practice once a week um, and then and then play on Sunday or practice if we don't have a game. And you know, down at Durham, we we, we practice twice a week. Um, the guys have gym sessions in between, so kind of adjusting and, and tailoring my approach to only having one session. You know, having to accept that, you know, half your team might be missing because of work or other reasons yeah. has been a bit of an adjustment. But I think over the last two years, we've we've got to where we need to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've lost two games in two years to, yeah. to two very good teams yeah. um, that have either been in the Prem or are now in the Prem. So, you know, we're kind of knocking on that door and mm-hmm. eager, to, eager to get in there. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned there, obviously, the last two years has been pretty much an ascension, I suppose, as you storm towards the the, the, the pinnacle of the divisions in, in Britball. Are you, are you a bit surprised, obviously, because you said to me off air, the Vikings have only been going, say, you know, five five or so years. Are you surprised at how far they've come in such quick time? And is there any particular reasons um, that, that, that that's been able to, to occur? I mean, if I'm honest, I'm not surprised. But then, I've, I've you know, I've been with the team since since the team formed out of you know the ashes of the of the DC president split. Yeah. Um, we're we're blessed with heaps of phenomenal talent on all, all three sides of the ball. Um, we've got a fantastic management team. Um, you know, we're quite lucky with our location that you know there's five really strong university programs around us that yeah. we've managed to draw some key talent from, mm-hmm. um, as as well as going out there and finding rookies that are new to the sport. Um, We've got a good talent pool to, to draw from, um, so you know it's no surprise to me um, if I'm honest, because mm-hmm. you know we, we went through our associate season into into Division Two, um, and we took Division Two by storm. You know we've had we've had winning records every year. I've been involved in the team. Um, you know we, we won the we won the D2 North Division title. You know we've won the D1 North Division title. Um, we we always keep coming up against Leicester Falcons and just falling slightly short. So we <laughs> lost to them in the D two final. Uh, we lost to them in the D one final. Um, the second game really close. We lost by one touchdown. We had the lead with two minutes to go, and and they managed to get down and score. And now they're in the prem. But you know that that's where we want to be. But no, it's no surprise to me. We've got we've got a great management team, great infrastructure, great coaches, great players, and you know you put all that into the mix and. You know we are where we are for a reason. Yeah, absolutely, and obviously one of, one of the, part of the reason, obviously, is that that standout defense that you've you've got uh, compiled there at the Vikings. Uh, any particular? Is it say? Is it just a sense that you've got a decent talent pool to pick from, and, and that that defense has been as um, as strong as it has been? Or is it was there any particular players I mean, that have helped? Or yeah, the the defense has always been strong. Um, you know, um, we've got guys in our team, guys like Connor Joyce, Josh mm-hmm. Penny. Um, Dick Carr, they've been with the team since day one. Um, you know, Josh is in the GB squad. Connor Joyce is is knocking on the door pretty hard. Um, you know, so we've we've had a strong base to you know to build from. But shortly before I joined the team, we also merged with the Northumberland Lightning to become the Northumberland Vikings. Right. And you know, there's four guys from the Northumberland Lightning team who who start in our defence, you know, Alex Shellard, Tom McHale, Michael Raven, Jordan Hall. These are guys you might not have heard of, but, 
you know, they've come in from the, from the Lightning, you know, they're the, the first at practice, they're the last to leave, and they've improved so much over the two years that we've been coaching them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that they've really bolstered our defence. And then we've gone and recruited guys like Ducey Burwell, who I coached down at Durham University. Um, he's an American linebacker. He's, he's unreal. Great team player. Um, and then on the back of, you know, live streaming all our games, we've, We've had guys approach us to join the team, so we haven't necessarily had to reach out. But we've had guys like Johnny Frayne transferring from Lancashire, um, Tom McKean from Birmingham Lions. So, you know, they all live in the area and they're like, we've seen you on UKFL. We like the way you play football. Can we come and join? And, you know, we've managed to recruit really well. But, you know, having great players is one thing, but having great coaches on that side of the ball is another. And, you know, Josh Penny started the year as our defensive coordinator. Um he took a little bit of time off to recover from an injury. He's now back playing again, and you know he's handed his defense over to coach Robbie Brumpton, who, who last season was the head coach at Northumbria Mustangs University team, and you know he he's took the ball and and ran with it, and you know so to speak. And it's great for me working on the offensive side of the ball this year to know that the defense is in good hands. We've yep. got great coaches, great coordinators, and great players, and and that's kind of testament to our record. Um, you know we've conceded 31 points in the season, but only 18 of those have been have been from the defense. Three touchdowns we've given up all season, mm-hmm. and you know we managed to shut out East Kilbride last weekend, yeah. and, and their offense is phenomenal. So yeah. that shows you the level we're operating at. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great segue, obviously, to talk about Sunday's game. So um, I just wanted to a, a quick question: Is was there any particular plans or any changes that you put? In place for the for the game on Sunday, either from the first meeting against the Pirates or you know other teams maybe you face in the division. Um, well, we, you know, I did a lot of soul searching coming out of that game because um, obviously I I'm the offensive coordinator as well as the head coach, and it's my first year doing that role. Yeah, and um, I took that defeat pretty hard, and I you know I looked in the mirror and I thought, have, have I called the right player? Because again, like defense was stacked with talent on offense, and you know, have I put our offense in the right position to succeed and you know could if I had the opportunity again would I do things differently and so from a player calling point of view yes but from a scheme point of view no I think you know we we stood in that post-game huddle losing 8-5 to East Kilbride and there wasn't a single guy in that huddle that didn't think we beat ourselves on the day Um, you know we missed three field goals which is uncharacteristic for us um, we had what we felt was a perfectly good touchdown ruled out of bounds by the referees. So to lose by three points, leave nine points on the field and miss field goals and have a touchdown denied, um, you know, we, we knew that we beat us. Yeah. Um, and I like to I like to preach a line, execute and win. Yeah. Um, and we didn't do the first two, so the third one didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this game, it was very much about, you know, just refining what we do and, and doing it better. Keeping our discipline, which you know, a lot of guys, a lot of guys lost their discipline and lost their cool against East Kilbride at home, and mm-hmm. myself being one of them. Um, you know, I wasn't happy with a few of the referees' decisions, and I let that get to me, and I think that affected the game. But it, all in all, it was just a case of we know what we need to do, we know where, 
we knew where we felt we had a matchup advantage and it was just a case of if you go out there and execute we will win the game mm-hmm. absolutely and so during the game obviously some similar themes there from the first game but we'll get to those very shortly but just uh, another bit prior in the lead up to the game what was the what was the team confidence like obviously on the back of that first game and obviously probably a silly question but I, I assume you obviously you knew about the head-to-head permutation of obviously need to win by more than three yeah we yeah we were very aware of that um you know, I'm 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 quite a detail focused guy, and you know, almost to a fault. So I knew that I knew that if we won by more than three points, then it was in our hands. I knew if we won by three points, it would also be in our hands because we have a better defensive record. Yeah. Um, but yeah, team confidence was high. You know, again, going back to that post game huddle after the first game, mm-hmm. you know, we we said we can't wait to go and play them again mm-hmm. because those are the type of games we want to be involved in. Um, you know, close, hard-fought games that really test us, and, and we knew that if we turned up on the day, we, you know, with a better mentality, better discipline, better execution, that we'd win the game. Um, so confidence was pretty high. You know, we had two pretty comprehensive victories over Glasgow and Yorkshire, leading up to it, where we shut both teams out, put a lot of points on the board. Yeah. So yeah, we we were we were ready for it. And I, I suppose in a way, yeah, in, in with hindsight, I suppose you you could think that uh, obviously off the back of that first game, it kind of helped a little bit going into this one because you had that grit and determination, of, I suppose, focus in, in grit between your teeth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, sometimes the best thing for a team is to, is to take a take a smack in the mouth and, yeah. and make you look in the mirror and think, you know, um, come back and hit harder. What can we do better? Yeah, yeah, come back and hit harder. Maybe we're not as good as we think we are. Mm. Maybe we are, but we just need to prove it. And I yeah. think that was definitely the case going into this game. Mm. Yeah, so let's focus on the game then in um, in its entirety. So again, a lot of lot of flags in this one killed quite a lot of drives from what I saw. Um, was that was that particularly the main reason for the low score? Obviously, whether it had a bit of a, play, a, play, um, a part to play as well. Yeah, I mean. For me, I think it was a low-scoring game because you saw two defences yeah. that got about their business. Mm-hmm. Um, the East Kilbride defence is phenomenal, and in particular, um, the linebacker, his name for, escapes me, but number 59 with the long hair, um, you know, he, he, he's, he's been in my nightmares for the last three weeks because <laughs> he's, he's a really good player and he busts up a lot of what we try to do on offence. But no, I think, I think you saw two defences playing to a high level, Yes, the weather was probably a factor. You know, there was fumbles. We dropped some catches that ordinarily we wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of flags. I mean, there's been a lot of... I tend to keep out of the social media debates, but I know there's been a lot of debate about yeah. the referees. Yeah. And, you know, they do a hard job. It was a six-man crew, so you had six pairs of eyes watching the actions, and clearly they saw, they saw a lot that needed to be flagged. And, you know, yeah. again, they do a hard job. It's a thankless task, yeah. but someone's got to do it, um, and and they called the game how they saw it. Mm-hmm. I don't always agree with it, um, you know, but it is what it is, and you know, if they don't do that job, then who does? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think they say their their comments echoed by by Jamie from what I spoke to him as well after the game. Um, so yeah, no, yeah, it is, it is a, f- a thankless job, but yeah, unfortunately, sometimes it just it just crumbles like that. But um, obviously, going into the fourth quarter, was uh, was the two duck eggs on the, on the score. But what did you say to your team at the end of the third? As you know, Did you have a little huddle? And, yeah, what did you pass on to them? Yeah, I, I said two things. Um, I, I said the same thing I said at half-time, which was that align, execute, win mantra. I'm a big believer in that. I said, if we align and we execute, we win this game. And I said, the team that makes the fewest mistakes will win. Um, and that, that proved to be the case. Um, you know, nil-nil in the fourth quarter. 
we started to get a feeling for like you know our East Kilbride don't need to win this game; they just need to not lose. So yeah. a draw would have seen them win the division. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were second guessing ourselves. Were they playing for a draw? Uh, what are we going to do? You know, to go and take it. And you know, once that, um, once we got that safety and then got the ball back, I didn't really have a doubt we were going to go on to win by the, the margin that we needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I say it's a funny one because I say watching the watching the fourth quarter, and knowing that you needed just the three points to get the two, must have been excruciating. To uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, getting you get a score. Usually, it's not two points that's on the board. Yeah, well, I mean, at, at that point in time, I, w- I was happy for any points, yeah. um, you know, because it was it was a tense game. It's probably, you know, on a par with the Leicester Falcons game from last year, the, the tensest sideline um, that we've had, tensest game we've been involved in. Um, but yeah, it was it was great to get something on the board. And the great thing about safety is, you know, you're getting the ball back as well. So you've scored and you're getting the yeah. ball back. And, yeah, yeah. You know, this game can quite often be about momentum shifts, and that was a huge one in our favour. I mean, there, there were loads of those loads of momentum shifts in the fourth quarter, including you know even after you scored the uh, the safety in the, the field goal, I think they still had a red zone trip, or, or um, certainly I think Connor Joyce with the late interception as well was the uh, was obviously the deciding factor. But uh, yeah, the the, uh, the fingernails must be all gone. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Shot shot the hell. Not a <laughs> not a single nail left on my hand. <laughs> Absolutely, but uh, what was the what was the overriding feeling? Obviously, once you come away with that, obviously the the kneel downs and uh, and all the rest of it. Obviously, after the inception, you, you'd won the game. What was the kind of the feeling immediately after? So I went into the huddle and you know I congratulated the guys, um, told them I was proud of them, but then immediately said, you know, this this game means nothing if we if we lose our focus and then and then go lose to Aberdeen on Sunday, yeah. um, you know, and we've got previous in that regard, so. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was very much a congratulations, enjoy tonight. Yeah. You know, we had a pretty rowdy bus ride home, um, but then Monday morning it was, you know, we're on to Aberdeen. You know, it's a it's a cliche, but yeah. it, you know, oh. it's a cliche for a reason. Yeah. You know, we're on to, we're on to the next game. Absolutely, game face is back on. And uh, is it is it a good or a bad thing that you have them you have Aberdeen this Sunday and maybe not a, a couple of weeks down the line? Because obviously, some some schedules for some teams in Britball can be you know a couple of weeks without a game. Are you are you more happy that it's the week after, so you don't have a time to? To, to deflate a little bit and come down from the game, the so the adrenaline. Still yeah, running. I mean we've been pretty lucky. I know some teams have had like a game and then three or four bye weeks before their next game, and you know I think that's too long. And you know the the guys who do the schedule probably need to look at that. But we've been pretty blessed. We've generally had a home game, then an away game, then a bye week, and vice versa. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for Aberdeen. Um, you know, we, we've we've got unfinished business with Aberdeen, and you know, we, we want to get that divisional title. Mm-hmm. Know who we're going to be playing in the playoffs, and then we've got a bye week to prepare ready for that game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to, just to touch back on the on the game from Sunday, do do you feel that the mental strength going into next week's game, the mental strength from, from the East Kilbride game when you were five 0 up, uh, kind of puts you in good stead. You know, you kind of know that you you're able to get the job done in intense situations like that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, we've had we've had some really close games this season. Um, may, maybe not against teams of the caliber of EKP, but you know. The reverse fixture against Aberdeen was a 7-3 win um, in pretty appalling conditions on a pretty appalling pitch up in Aberdeen, Um, but we got the job done. Uh, We scored early and then and then you know saw the game out so so we know we can do it. Likewise when we played Yorkshire at their place it was a 10-6 victory. Um, 
you know, that was really tight till the end. So we, we know now, we've always known we can win tight games, but now we know we can win tight games against, you know, opposition on a par or, or maybe better than us. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, and I say the win against East Coast obviously puts you in the driving seat now for that division title uh, as, you, as you welcome Aberdeen on Sunday. What will you, what will you be trying to enforce to ensure, obviously, that there isn't, a, you know, that the focus is still sky high, the adrenaline's still running, and they say that mental focus is still there? Because obviously we've seen even in the in the Prem North, Manchester Titans beating Tamworth, uh, but then you know losing the following week or week after against a team that they'd be expected to be. What is there anything you've tried to 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 ram home to to the players? Yeah, just the, you know the job's not finished. Um, you know Sunday was a big high, um, but you know it's only it's only a high if we go and beat beat Aberdeen on Sunday and win the division. Um, you know so. We had practice last night and, you know, we probably had one of our best practices of the season nice. at, at the right time. So, yeah. you know, attendance was up. We got about our business yeah. um, and, you know, we're, we're ready. We're ready for Aberdeen on Sunday. Yeah, momentum's still going. That's good to hear. And does it help that the game's at home? Well, yeah. Um, I, you know, I think we've we've got the best facility in the division. Um, having played everyone away from home, we've got the best pitch. Um you know, we love playing on the 4G, um, although all of our away games have been, you know, on, all our other opponents play on grass pitches, which we kind of have to adjust to. But, no, we, we love playing at home. We've got a strong record at home. Um, you know, the East Kilbride defeat is the only home defeat we've had since I've been a head coach. Um, but the issue we've got is Aberdeen also like playing at Druids Park. Um, you know, they beat us in 2016 when we were both in division two we were we were on the cusp of an undefeated season um we we took we underestimated them we took them lightly and they came and beat us and they like to remind us of that on 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 occasion on on social media so (laughs) you know we're acutely aware of that and then obviously last season they went and beat chester romans in the d2 final at druid park so you know they're undefeated at Druid Park, and, and we're not. So yeah. I think it's a great home game for us. But I know they're going to come down and look to spoil the party. So mm. we need to be ready for them. Absolutely. And just to just to add on to that point, obviously you mentioned there about obviously playing on grass all the way from home, and obviously you play at home on the four G. What uh, what do, what do you have to do to kind of adjust? Is there, I suppose, obviously training? Do you train on grass at all, or do you train on the four G? No, no, no. We uh, we we train on the pitch we play on. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So. It, I mean, we, there is a grass pitch at our disposal, but you know, we we prefer to just get on the turf and sure. and take care of our business. So, so is, is, it, is, it, there's nothing in particular that you change if you say if you know you're playing away on grass that you, obviously you really you can't too much, I suppose. But does it? Does no, it, is, no, it, we we you know, there's no game plan change or anything. It's just it, generally we just say to the guys like make a decision on your footwear. Yeah. If it's raining, make a decision on your gloves. Um, you know, the worst thing. You can see from your wide receivers is they've got the gloves on, then they take the gloves off. You know, we always say make make a decision pre-game and stick with it. Mm-hmm. If you need long cleats, wear long cleats. Yeah. If you want to wear gloves, wear gloves. If not, don't. But um, but yeah, so that that's you know we don't adjust, we don't change the game plan at all. It's just you know it's easier and better to run our offense on on 4G because we like to go fast and fast and um, you know spread the ball around and sometimes that's difficult to do on grass. Okay, cool. But just before we let you go, um, just, just want to tell all the listeners out there, or anyone that's, um, that isn't aware of, of the game on Sunday, all the details and how they how, how they can where they can go to, to come watch it. Yeah, so um, on YouTube, if you just search for UK AFL um, or Northumberland Vikings, then the, the live stream will be up there. Um, 
we share we generally share the details of the live stream on Facebook. So Northumberland Vikings American football team on Facebook. All the all the details are on there. Yeah. Uh, it's a two o'clock kickoff for anyone who wants to tune in and anyone who's in the area who wants to come to the game. It's it's free entry. Um, you know we have a we have a pretty good um, facility there. You know there's you can get beers, you can get food whatever you want and um you know we we like to think we put on a pretty good show mm, absolutely you will um I'll, I'll say i'll look out for that and i'll share it as well on our social and our facebook and all, all the rest of it as well so no doubt i'll i'll be tuning in after my uh, training uh, in the morning so um, excellent um well, yeah i'd say all the best for sunday uh, so i hope it all goes well from from your perspective and uh say so look forward to obviously the postseason stuff as well but so uh, all the best for sunday all right thanks very much Many thanks there to Kevin Ford joining us to talk about all things Northumberland Vikings. Hope they have the result that they want on Sunday. If you're a listener out there and you play Britball or you want, maybe you want your team to, to come on the show or your head coach or a player, get in touch with us at Full10Yards or is it the Twitter handle at F10YBritball. And we'll be glad to have you on. But that's going to do it for the podcast this week. We'll be back next week with some more great content. Don't forget to check out our website, full10yards.com, for all your latest articles for everything American football. So NFL, fantasy football, college, betting, and Britball. So in the meantime, in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's a bye-bye for now. A bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.